Shuma, how I've missed it. This is a message for podcast listeners. Bane here, settling down for another episode of Basic Pictures. Some people are surprised when I say I'm a fan of podcasting, but don't be wrong. I like nothing more than sitting down with a cup of tea and a biscuit and listening to James' guests and their whimsical film ideas. As for the biscuit, I like bourbons or a caramel digestive. James asked me if I would introduce his latest episode and his guest, Sean Davis. Sean is a no-nonsense Liverpudlian comedian with a sharp wit and zero time for sitcom fleabag. So settle down and enjoy all the theatrical and hilarity of another episode of Basic Pitches. In a world where comedians pitch fake movie ideas, this is Basic Pitches. We are in a, uh, a pub in North London. Sean, it's nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you too, James. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. I saw your article. Uh, you, I, Do you write... I'll, I'll explain first. Uh, Sean's a comedian... Um, and you would describe yourself well in the in the Guardian article, you wrote very uh, insightfully about class and comedy. Mm-hmm. Is there such thing as a class, a class comedian? Is that is that how you describe your style? Is that yeah, I I'd probably describe myself as a working class comedian. Um, but that being said, you know. Being a working class comedian, it's not a genre. It's not sort of like, uh, we're not all the same. Uh, we're, we're as diverse and different with different comedy styles and different backgrounds. You know, my experience of being a working class person growing up in Liverpool is hugely different from other working class comedians that have grown up in different places. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you wrote this article and it was, and then I messaged you because it struck me that, um, you know, and then I watched a load of clips on YouTube and it was funny because I was watching them, I was on, in a cab on the way home last night watching you on my phone. And well, that's a bit uh, weird. Though, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> it was the time of the morning. That was the weird bit. I was like, "Yeah, this is a strange thing." Um, but what was nice was that there's tons in your comedy that's like funny, observational. Just coming from a certain background doesn't dictate the tone all the time. Is, the, yeah. is the, what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, I mean, I do. I I have some material about being working class. You know, I touch on that in certain certain parts of my comedy. Um, and you know, you can only really write about y- your own experiences, can't you? Like, I can't write comedy about going to private school because I don't know anything about it. But I can write comedy about uh, going to a comprehensive and you know, like my my normal everyday life. So there are sort of bits that come into it, but um, it's not it's not all about that, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kurt, what about the like the, the queer comedy scene? Is that mm. uh, you know what might have been something that wasn't particularly mainstream is finally getting some traction? Maybe absolutely. I mean, if you look at like um, so the Funny Women final that was on Thursday in the Bloomsbury Theatre, uh, there was ten acts on the stage, nine of which would describe themselves as LGBTQIA plus. Um, you know, and that is that's one of the biggest co- comedy competitions, and nearly everybody there. It, it's one of the gayest lineups I've ever been on, and <laughs> I run a queer comedy night. So you know, <laughs> I think it's just the way that the way that the world's moved on is that now sexuality isn't that much of a big deal. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're still fighting for things in, in certain areas of, of the world and, you know, even in the UK. But, you know, people, younger people certainly are much more sort of inclusive in terms of the way they speak and just sort of, oh, okay, well, that's that's your thing. That 
that's cool. Like, it, there's not sort of a, you know, that, that... It's just not a talking point, I yeah, think. Yeah, I touch on it briefly um, in my comedy, but it doesn't define everything that I do. Um, I do think there's still maybe an issue in terms of, like, on the club circuit in a lot of places, perhaps not down in London, but in other places where, um, you know... You, you will be met with a promoter that will say, well, like we had a lesbian on last week, so we can't have another one. Or, you know, you'd sort of, yeah, we, you, you get that, les- but you'll get that the same with women. Our you know, lesbian we, quota is, exactly. is, is full. Yeah. There's no more room. But then there's other fantastic clubs and nights that, you know, make make a policy of, of having a very diverse sort of book, book line up and there'll always be different people representing different areas of the community. So, mm. yeah. Intrinsic in working class culture is it a sh- are they sh- is it are people shy and it, and it's hard to get over shyness. I if don't think it's not necessarily a shyness. It's more just um, I feel like we're not really taught to have that confidence and that bravado that maybe someone that's been to um, a better school or had a you know a more privileged sort of background might have might have had built into them. You know I think. Um, my own experience of being a working class person is that my my life has been um, quite a struggle a lot of times, whether it's money, whether it's um, trauma, different things that have gone on and constantly battling with that. Although I'm not saying middle class people don't deal with trauma, absolutely they do. But I think when you're constantly battling that throughout your life, you do become a bit downtrodden and you know it, it, when everything is a struggle when it's you know just having the struggle to be able to to pay your bills at the end of the month or put food on the on the table and things like that you know and you know in school we weren't taught that the world's your oyster and just go out and meet people and take it you know do, do what happens we, we were taught pretty much to to join the queue at a factory you know that's that's what we were taught you know to be to be an employee to to just get on with it and and that's it so yeah yeah did um did fleabag piss you off <laughs> um <coughs> i don't think it pissed me off just wasn't really for me you just <laughs> i watched it but and you're like this is posh bollocks yeah i mean you know everyone's got an experience everyone writes from their own experience that's absolutely fine i don't want to take that away from someone that is obviously done very very well uh, within their field fantastic um but all I can say is someone sat at home watching it, it wasn't for me, in the same way that a lot of things aren't necessarily for me. Every working class person I know has quite a chaotic life and has dealt with a lot of trauma and different things like that. And these things will make fantastic comedy dramas, but it's just finding the people that can write those things and getting those people to the place where they need to be. Like, There's a big issue in, like, in theatre at the moment where they're all trying to engage the working classes as an audience. Everyone's say, in theatres saying, what can we do to get working class audiences into the theatre? And the answer from the predominantly middle-class theatre community seems to be, well, we'll go to these working-class towns and uh, we'll put on a play about mining. People don't want to see it. People don't want to <laughs> see working-class people That's telling their stories. They, they need to engage them from when they are you know, in school to write their own stuff, to make their own stories happen. There's great things being made and great things happening, but there's also a lot of you know, the... Channel 5 kind of poverty porn stuff out there as yeah. well that is just not doing anyone any help. Yeah, well, don't knock Channel 5. That's what my, my little entertainment show goes out on there. <laughs> <laughs> is it can't pay, we'll take it away? <laughs> <laughs> so before we, we move on, can we can people support your... You didn't say it was a charity. It was like, what did you call um, it there? No, so it's just, it's just a thing, really. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a crowdfunding I love a thing. Who doesn't love a thing? Yeah. We don't, we don't like labels. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
just a thing. Um, so what we do, we take um, working class comedians up to Edinburgh. We perform uh, on the free fringe, so the costs are much, much lower. So it's not ticketed. Uh, people queue up on the day and they watch the show and if they enjoy it, they donate. And yeah. what we do with that show is we pay all the acts for taking part. So we crowdfund throughout the year. We do gigs up and down the country. All that money covers our costs to be there and the acts get the experience of performing at the fringe when they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So, But we can't donate or something like that. It's not um, like that. Yeah, there is. Like, have you got the a, moment, a crowdfunding? Is that what it is? Because we're sort of in between <coughs> last year and next year, we haven't started the crowdfunder yet. So there will be a crowdfunder up for best in class. Um, but if people are absolutely desperate to give me money at the moment, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, okay, yeah. just find me. Yeah, Drop me just, a tenner. You know what just, I mean? Just, yeah, <laughs> just look for, uh, look for the angry working class comic. You'll, you'll know who I am. I'll be at the back. Even when I'm not on stage, I'll be in the back yelling about. Um, if Phoebe Waller-Bridge said uh, Fleabag Series 3 and she wrote a character for you, would you do, would, would you do this, Would you be in it? Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to reading the script, uh, <laughs> but I'd probably make the decision yeah. based on that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Hello, hope you're enjoying it so far. We'll be right back with Sean after a quick commercial break. Do you hear that? That's the sound of your restless mind, looking for a place to get away from it all. A place where late-stage capitalism and Brexit calls home. If you've not found it, then you've obviously never been to Surrey. Discover a place where Jeremy Hunt learned to ballroom dance, to a place of checkbooks, intermittent Wi-Fi signal, and really old Mercedes cars. It's like Cuba, but with a waitrose. Enjoy some of Surrey's favourite pastimes, like lefty bashing. Never miss an opportunity to take a swipe as someone whose social conscience makes you feel guilty about not caring about the world. Pay for five carrier bags, use one for your shopping and wear the others around your hands and feet. Now walk into your local pub and be worshipped for your heroic contrarianism. After a good liberal bashing, you're going to be hungry. So why not feast in any of the decaying franchised pizzerias like ASK, Pizza Express and ZZ's? If you like your exercise, then you'll find everything you need in one of our recently refurbished council-run leisure centres. Swim in the pool, avoid the plasters and use someone else's talc. Hey, we don't mind. This is Surrey. What's ours is yours. So as long as you're white. Or really, really light brown. If you are brown, there's still no excuse not to speak white. So come and discover Surrey, where you'll always know where you stand. Literally, as the signposts are kept up to date, but also philosophically. There are no shades of grey here, just black or white. Good versus evil. Petrol or diesel. Straight or... Straight or... Straight or... No! What will you discover? Go to discoversurrey.com So, uh... This is where comedians pitch a movie idea, um, and I, in my, I was trying, to, I always try and think, I try and predict <laughs> what the comedians that I interview will go for. Um, so here we go. This is, uh, is it Davis or Davies? Davis. This is Sean Davis from Liverpool. This is her basic pitch. This is her movie. Let's let's hear it, Sean. So I would really like to see a film. Um, this is like going to be a bit like a murder mystery, okay? Ooh, yeah. So um, it's going to be set in like a retail shop, but like a big department sh shop. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I've I, spent a lot of time working in crap retail jobs, okay? <laughs> um, 
And one thing that you always get in retail is you get like you, your, f- your frequent customers, like your frequent flyers that come in, like th- who are characters, shall we say, like strange individuals that will come in the shop every day and tell you the whole life story. And they're all completely weird. And Like if you're a person and you think, I go in that shop all the time and I know all the staff by name and they're my friends... Those staff hate you. Like they don't. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Don't. They're not your friends. No, like no, they, they yeah. tolerate you because they're being paid yeah. to do it. They're actually worse than an enemy because they're lying <laughs> to you. <laughs> At least someone who hates yeah. your guts, you know where you stand. And like all these people as well. Like we always in retail shops, we we'd never know their names, so we'd always have like sort of mildly offensive nicknames for them. So you'd have like Ham Hands, who just you know one day his hands look like ham, so that's just what we call him. Uh. And like Billy Bootlegs, who always comes in and asks for bootcut jeans, even though we've never sold them. And like all these different weird eccentric characters yeah so we're going to be in this department store and a murder is going to happen right it's going to be a big big department store all these um all these frequent flying visitors are going to be there all these customers and um it's going to be like murder on the orient express where you're trying to work out who's done it yeah. but actually they're all in it together yeah. they all know each other and they've all done it They've they're all complicit. They've, they've all they've all done it. They've worked out that we hate them in the right, shop. Right, 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 right. They've got together, and they've committed the crime together as one. Ha, but you, as a viewer, you don't know this, or you do know this. No, you don't know. You don't okay, know. So like in Murder on the Orient Express, so you're thinking you'd just kind of going through it all, and like it was. And in the way that Includo and they said it was, Colonel Mustard in the library with the yeah. candlestick. This would be, like. Um, Let's say it'd be Rebecca in the store cupboard with the coat hanger. Yeah, but she wouldn't be called Rebecca. She'd be called <laughs> <laughs> right. No. She'd be called Ham Hands. Ham Hands. But Ham Hands is getting mur- is, is getting murdered. Though. No, they're going to be the they're going to be the, the villains. Murderers. They're the murderers. Oh, they're murdering yeah. the people who work they're in retail. They're murdering the people who work there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it'd be the other way around because you know you can't stand them. They come in. They bore your tits off. They tell you their life story. It's just but I know, um, but we're not murderers. Like we're good people. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, the weirdos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're the ones that should be punished in this story. Yeah. You're the one busting your hump in a yeah in a department store. It's a thankless job, I think. Retail. I think it's. Um, I mean, I've worked in retail for years. My mum worked in retail. Like it's, it's sort of, you know, I I know it inside and out. But it's um, it's not exactly satisfying. You know, it's <laughs> no. Also, they had store cards. You know, the, you know, credit cards, but yeah. just for the store. And you had a target you had to hit each weekend yeah. of how many. And it was quite stressful because you're, you're, you're promoting debt. And then it was only the people who didn't really understand any, like their own finances. That yeah. you're and it felt really yeah. unethical. There's immoral. a lot, a lot so of stores have things like that. <laughs> yeah, where you've got to have like, like we'd always have like, you've got to have an average basket value, average basket size. So you're trying to make everyone buy at least three items and spend at least whatever. And yeah. It's just oh, it's not stupid nice, targets. You're just selling jeans, you know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't yeah. need to be that complicated. Yeah, just borrow your, you know, hand-me-downs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, just Ham hands, hand-me-downs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a charity <laughs> shop by man. Yeah. That. <laughs> that sounds like the sort of place that you'd go to on a Sunday. I'll meet you outside Hammerhands. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a couple of sausages. I had a murder mystery in a in a in a in a department in a retail yeah. shop. It's fantastic. That's great. I'd like it to be like a classic English cast of like legends in there. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like yeah, yeah. sort of like Julie Walters and people like that. Like well, we'll cast it in a mo because oh, I'll just you know that's Jumped right. No, it's fine. Yeah, no, <laughs> Runtime an hour and a half. Yeah, two hours is too long for murder mysteries, isn't it? Yeah, you need you need to you just set it up, set it up, set the characters up, and then you know, like, are we going to get some scout? Is it uh, Liverpool's uh, Liverpool? 
a, a retail store in Liverpool? Oh, can we, can it we make it? Can we make We've, it intrinsically? We've Liverpool got a very big Primark in Liverpool. <laughs> well, it used to be the biggest one, but I think they both have really? the bigger one in Birmingham now. Yeah, it was when it opened. It was like the biggest Primark That's in the world. That's a proud day for Scousers oh, everywhere, isn't it? I know. Said, it's what vile. do we want? It's the worst place. The biggest Primark <laughs> in Europe. When do we want it now? I'm a bit scared of Liverpool and really? Liverpudlians. For, for two reasons. When I worked in radio and I lived in the north for a couple of years, yeah. that Liverpool was such a stronghold in terms of identity, locality. They are their own thing. And it's like... Oh, we definitely are. And then Ramesh Ranganathan was talking about how he... I, he His tongue was in his cheek a little bit, but he went on Jonathan Ross and said, performing in Liverpool is really tricky because yeah. it's the one audience in the country that often think that they are funnier than you. They don't think they are. They are. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what you need to know. As a comedian... You, but Sean, you know that's not true. I, no, it is true. Ninety percent of the people in Liverpool are funnier than than the top comedians. Honestly, everybody's a comedian in Liverpool. Well, you, that you is stand a, at a bus a stop terrible and someone. I, that life would be unlivable. Well, I, if I lived there, I'd be like, oh god, another one, another it is, comedian. I like. think it's just that thing where, like, when you, we have a very strong sense of identity in Liverpool. We have a very strong sense of community. Um, we've been. We've been through a lot as a city. We've been we've been vilified by the press. We've had, we've dealt with an awful lot. We do band together, and we are our own thing. Like it, it, it's the People's Republic of Liverpool. We're not, yeah, you know, we were. I know. We're it's scary. You've just highlighted exactly why I. But so it's also like we, you know, do you hate, hate to bring like up like Brexit and stuff like that again. But like we were one of the few working class communities that voted Remain. Like we are, we understand the investment that came from from Europe and things like that because it basically be, rebuilt our city. Like we're we're. But working class, but but different. Well, liberal working class, yeah. I suspect. You yeah. know, open, open-minded. Yeah, completely left-leaning. Um, yeah, like you won't find a Tory in Liverpool till you get no. as far as Southport, and then you get a few. Yeah, they're all just, they're all just posh scousers yeah, who think they've made like. it. <laughs> Did you know Liverpool has more listed buildings than any UK city outside of London? Beatles fans stole the Penny Lane Street sign so many times that the council painted it on a wall. It's tough crowd in Liverpool, but it's the best crowd as well. How do you go down in Liverpool? On my knees, usually. (laughs) 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 Sorry. This is the highbrow version of the show. She writes in The Guardian, for God's sake. Um, what I mean is, are they nicer to you because you're you're in your on your patch? I don't think so. I do think they ev- give you a free pass? No, I think everyone's got to earn it. I think that's it. As soon as you walk out on stage, that you know you're not getting any favors. You, you've got to earn it. But as soon as your first joke drops, you know that they're, they're on board and they they love yeah. it. Like you know, Hot Water <coughs> in Liverpool is one of the the best comedy clubs in the country in terms of audience reaction. You know, they're full. They're full every single night. Like I I was there on Wednesday. I did. They had two shows: a seven o'clock show and a nine o'clock show. Completely full on a Wednesday night in in the middle of Liverpool. So this is Basic Pitches, comedians pitching fake film ideas. I'm with the brilliant uh, Sean Davis. Uh, you can find her online on YouTube. You can find her in Liverpool if you if you really want yeah. to. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll do some plugging at the end. So uh, your, I love this. Your murder mystery in a in a in a in a in a, sh- in a shop. Yes. In a retail store. What yes. Co- a department store. I think it's got to be a department store. I don't think it'll work in like a, a shoe no, shop. It, I think it's got to be like it's a labyrinth. Lots That's of the you know it's, yeah. it's that sort of thing of multiple mirrors and, yes. and fitting rooms. So um, we have we're going to have so let's do uh, starring. Bill Nye. Okay. I'd like him in there. He'd be Always. good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'd like Joanna Lumley in there as just like, <laughs> you know, playing Why a not? really posh sort of 
annoying customer that thinks she's amazing, buys everything and then brings it back for a refund the next day. Yeah, yeah. She, even though you know she's worn yeah, it as well. Yeah, yeah, and she does it every day, every day. So you're in this, obviously. Well, you don't have to be in it in your, in your movie. I'd, I'd like to be uh, uh, Poirot. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't. I don't know if Poirot was going to be in it. I'd just like to wear a monocle, to be honest, James. That's what I'm after. You would look wonderful mm. in a monocle. I mean, I'm, as a glasses wearer, I'd have to wear one contact lens <laughs> and one monocle. <laughs> that would be such a, a bizarre morning ritual, wouldn't it? Like one in and then just the put my lens in and then make. That's that, cool. That's what I'd need to do. And you come in. The you know the, the the double doors or the revolving door of the department store yes. in the in this department store in Liverpool they swing open and in you come yeah with your with my monocle. <laughs> monocle and your contact lens I'd like a Mac like Columbo as well maybe <laughs> and a cigar I just want to be every every detective <laughs> <laughs> just like a little nod to all of them yeah just a <laughs> ludicrous cosplay scenario yeah are you gonna have Jonathan um, Jonathan Creek's my favourite TV detective oh, did, um, yeah. I love he, Jonathan Creek. He wore um. He wore. He just wore just like, like a, a coat. green yeah. Mac, didn't he? A green coat. Yeah. Well, I live in a windmill. Can I do that? I live yes. in a windmill. Yes. Poirot's tash. It's not a good look, is I it? I could really? probably grow it. To be honest, <laughs> I'm at that time in my life. <laughs> oh. I wish I could. Who else is there? What? Inspector Gat. I'm just going to. Air with the old um, typewriter. Sarah, what's her name? <laughs> I don't know what kind of a description is that. What um, murder she wrote. Oh, she Angela Lansbury. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. That's, you're not Mancunian. Um, the term queer and queer comedy and all that kind mm. of thing. Obviously, I'm, I'm apprehensive to use it in the same way that would be if there was any word that was derogatory when I was a boy that's being reclaimed. Yeah. And then it's like, where does anyone sit mm. in descript- You know, in that... Yeah, to me, queer is more of like an all-encompassing word because, like, let's be honest, LGBTQIA+. It's a bit of a mouthful nowadays. <laughs> we, we keep adding letters. So um, yeah, could you stop doing that? <laughs> You're making dinner parties really difficult for me. You know, and the the, the beauty of the of the word queer is that it has been reowned, um, reclaimed, if you like, by the by the LGBT community, and it is sort of an all-encompassing term for people that don't fit into heteronormative society. So, you know, um, when I I run I run Comedy Queers in Edinburgh, which is a late night LGBT showcase. And we have, you know, we have acts that are um, that fit into every single different bit of it. You know, all sorts of different varieties. We'll have sort of um, trans acts. We'll have gay acts. We'll have drag queens on. We'll have all kinds of different stuff. And um, it's just, you know, we, we're all happy to use that word queer in in that way because it's sort of easier to put on a poster, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's it's a marketing tool, everybody. Yeah, that's why so we've done it. Now you know. <laughs> now you know. They just get so bored of putting the, those initial those letters and you know, <laughs> and, in, and in what order now as well. You know, what are we calling your what are we calling your movie? Ooh, um, murder on the shop floor. Murder. <laughs> we could get Sophie Ellis Baxter to re-release. <laughs> Do you know, I haven't seen or heard much of Sophie Ellis Baxter no, lately. No, don't so know where she is. What's so she doing? She might be up for it. <laughs> Murder on the shop floor, starring <laughs> Joanna Lumley. <laughs> it sounds like a comic relief sketch. Well, it could be. You never know. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a black comedy. Yes. Uh, with two employees. This is, uh, this is catch up for people who zone out. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've sort of come away and come back. So if, if if you missed anything, Sean has uh, her movie today was a, uh, a black comedy about a, a retail department store 
where the two customers go on a murder spree. It's not so much a spree as they're picking them off one by one, aren't they? Like, yeah, I think there's going to be one crime at the start and then it's going to continue and uh, then it all comes out that they, they were all in it together. And Sean is the, she's the t- detective playing a, a kind of, a sort of Frankenstein's monster of sort of, a, a hybrid. A hybrid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of, That's of a, a, a science detectives. experiment where they've joined, where you've got Inspector Gadget, Cluso, Poirot, Jonathan Creek, Columbo, Angela Lansbury from Murder She Wrote. <laughs> <laughs> it's, one hell of, it's one hell of an act. Yeah. You're going to struggle to find the right voice, or would you just do it in Scouse? I think I'll do Yeah, I'll just maybe I'll do it in my own voice. Yeah. Yeah, did who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. That's fantastic. I don't suppose you have a strap line. There were there was oh. only three things. There was no, yeah the plot, the casting, and then starring, and then a po- uh, something on the poster. Uh, this is a retail. Ta- mm. Is in tail. Mm, yes. This is a dark retail. Oh, because uh, it's retelling yeah. a story as well of murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Good. All right. You can find Sean Davis on Instagram, although I suspect your Twitter is more of a place to go. I mean, I DM'd you on Insta because I don't really use Twitter, but are yeah, you... Yeah, you can find me. I'm on Instagram, Sean underscore Davis underscore comedy, but I'm on Twitter as uh, at Morrissey's Quiff. Uh, but <laughs> the Morrissey bit is spelt wrong because I'm also dyslexic. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so follow Sean and uh, enjoy what she has to offer, which is more than lots and lots and lots of people. Oh, thank you. And, um, yeah, check your privilege and... Yeah, and always. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to support, like, sort of grassroots level. Like, if you if you are up in Edinburgh watching loads of shows and you're going to go and see stuff, take a chance on, on the little stuff, on the stuff that's not in the big venues at the best time slots because they're probably the people that, that can't afford to be there. So take a chance on them. You know, if someone hands you a flyer in the street, don't just pass it off. Actually read it and, and engage in it and, you know, sort of seek out newer people and newer acts and sort of put you know get behind them that like that's all i'd say and like you know the smaller comedy festivals as well so like we've got up in manchester next month the women in comedy festival which is a fantastic like um organization they they have loads and loads of female comics doing loads of different shows i'll be doing my solo show there so like you know going to other festivals like that and supporting different acts and seeing different stuff is a is a great thing to do okay great well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having it's me. It's been great to meet you. And uh, I'll get um, a monocle for you. I can't <laughs> wait. All right, thanks, Sean. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Basic Pitches. The podcast to have you in stitches. Basic Pitches. You've heard of films with some really bad ideas, like Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. So once a week, we'll be chatting with a comedian Getting in a groove and improve the movie medium. Thing is, most stories have a stupid premise, like The Phantom Menace, or films about tennis. Basic pitches, comedic riches. Basic pitches. A podcast to have you in stitches. Basic pitches.